0: Lesson this morning is in the face of opposition. In the face of opposition. And uh, kind of as a lead in to our lesson this morning, I want to back up a few weeks and look at where we've been in our lessons. Um, I believe it says lesson 11 on your. Uh, handout there. Uh, I want to go back to lesson eight. Lesson eight was uh, encouraged us to actively share God's word. Actively sharing the word of God, uh, God's salvation plan, teaching, preaching, witnessing, uh, using our own personal spiritual experience to minister to others. What we have to say, who we are, our activities, our actions uh, to other people. Being a spiritual nurse, if you will, to uh, nursing truth to others. Then the a, a week following, lesson nine, the lesson was being stirred by God, being stirred by God to do the work that He called to do. The lesson text was Ezra one one, where the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. And then Paul wrote to Timothy and said, "Stir up the gift that is within within you." So there's there's a uh, sharing God's word being stirred by the Lord, and in uh, lesson 10, just uh, spoke to us about being the Lord burdening our hearts, Uh, the Lord burdening our hearts, and used the example of uh, the burden of Nehemiah before Artaxerxes the king. And we'll be looking here in the book of Nehemiah in just a few moments in dealing with in the face of opposition. But the Lord burdening our hearts. And
1: uh, Nehemiah
0: was burdened. He was sad in uh, in his position before Artaxerxes as the cupbearer. He was Artaxerxes', Artaxerxes cupbearer in, in the land of Persia. And uh, his, his burden was that his hometown had been destroyed 70 years ago. Uh, but his real burden was that it was still in ruins. It was still messed up. Uh, nothing had been done for 70 years. And uh, he had that burden... Uh, And my takeaway from last week's lesson that uh, Brother Hanson taught us was, he talked about the burden, but the threefold takeaway that hit my heart was uh, a burden, number one, and then a plan, number two, and then follow through, number three. Follow through or actions and uh, it's it, it, it's it, it's hard to it's ha- hard to follow through on something if you don't have a burden to get it done. Right. And what Nehemiah saw was his hometown of Jerusalem was had been destroyed for for seventy years. Nebuchadnezzar had come in seventy years prior and. And tore the place apart, and pilfered, pilfered, and rummaged, and uh, all the uh, all the bad stuff that he could do. Tore it down the walls of the temple, so forth. Robbed, stole things from the kingdom of God. And Nehemiah was burdened by that. And uh, he put a plan together. After he prayed, he put a plan together, and then, a, then went back to uh, his follow-through. So many things don't get done because there's no follow-through. The quickening of the Spirit of the Lord upon our hearts and a burden for a soul that lives down the street from us or uh, across the way or works down uh, the other end of the building from us Uh <clears throat> Unless there's a follow-through, that burden is just a burden. We can pray for them, but there's got to be a follow-through. There's got to be action. And so, <laughs> Nehemiah said, uh, following up on, on last week, Nehemiah said that the hand of God which was good upon me, that that triggered that burden, the hand of God upon him. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes uh, 2 and 24, he said, There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his own soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God, the hand of God upon us. If you felt the hand of God upon you, it's it's a joyous thing. It it can be a challenging thing. You can be burdened, uh, and should be. Uh, <clears throat> I read something from one of our former missionaries just this past week. Uh, he, he said, "Either either we're uh, we were not filled with the Holy Ghost, we were not filled with God's Holy Spirit, uh, <clears throat> just for ourselves, but to be a witness." And that coming from a missionary is, is not surprising at all. But uh, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, chapter 5, verse 24, said, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. If the Lord calls you, gives you a burden to do something, he's going to help you do it. He's in charge of... of uh, Making sure that, that that is accomplished. And so our lesson this morning, our focus thought uh, on your pages there, is that uh, God will help us finish the work, no matter the opposition. He'll help us finish. Amen. And Nehemiah chapter four verse 9 is our focus verse, <clears throat> it said nevertheless, We made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Then in our our scripture reading is out of the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9, and then also 17 and 18. Uh, How many have uh, the follow-along pages? Everybody? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read the odd verses, if you would read the even together. And when we're done reading, you'll still be awake. Amen. But it came to pass, verse 1 says, It came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Verse 2 is yours. Now Tobiah, the Ammonite, was with was by him, and he said, "Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall." And cover not our iniquity, and let not. Their sin be blotted out from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So build the wall, and all the wall together thereof, for the people have a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard, that the wall of Jerusalem were made up, that the breaches uh, began to be stopped, then they were very wroth. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. For the builders, every one had his uh, sword girded by his side, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. Amen. <clears throat> now, some of these uh, names may be a little bit unfamiliar, but just to catch us up a little bit, Sandballot, verse one, talk about him. He was a he was a local boy back in Jerusalem or in that area. Um, likely, he was a regional governor from the city of Moab. And uh, uh, Tobiah, um, probably a governor of the uh, Ammonites, and then um, uh, the others that were there that were involved. I I just want to point out that when... The Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. They were on the east side of the Jordan River. And <clears throat> that is the land of Moab and Ammon. And so Sanballat and Tobiah knew the history of Israel. They und- they knew, I mean, the Israelites had, had come through their land and had camped in their wilderness for some 40 years uh, until the Lord uh, allowed them through with Joshua to go into the promised land and to basically get out of their land. And so they understood the history of Israel. And they uh, they danced in the streets when Nebuchadnezzar came and, and tore down Jerusalem. I don't have scripture for that. But uh, I'm surmising they hated uh, the Israelites, and <clears throat> they did not want to see Israel um, come back again as it had been its its uh, prior self, and Jerusalem to be rebuilt. And so, <clears throat> uh, here was the opposition. Here was the opposition that Nehemiah was experiencing. Now, none of us today uh, came to church worrying about being followed by the police uh, unless you just ran a red light or uh, <clears throat> something like that. but uh, <clears throat> we came in, we worship god we uh, we have uh, expressive worship and and sometimes loud music and and uh, we even tell. Our community, where we're going to be and when we're going to be there, we we announce it ahead of time uh, for our worship. But that's not the case worldwide. That's that's truly not the case. Not everywhere is it that way. I, I recall Sister Georgine Shalm. Uh, she and her husband Alan, uh, for many years, were missionaries in in Pakistan, and. Uh, uh, they had code words. They had code words that they used for a baptismal service. When somebody was going to be baptized, their code word was a pool party. We're going to have a pool party because of the opposition uh, where they, uh, the government and so forth, where they lived. And uh, <clears throat> some places worship in a whisper. They have to worship in a whisper. Many uh, are required to have a a password to get into uh, like a home service where they may be worshiping. Uh, Opposition early on in the early church, opposition opposition was the wind that blew the seeds of revival uh, around the globe, uh, around the then known world. And this kind of opposition spreads the gospel. Amen. And I found this verse of scripture last evening, and it talks about that early church and the opposition that was there. The Bible says in Acts chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, it said, Saul made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison. Verse 4 says there uh, therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Now a couple of verses ahead of that in verse 1 it says except the apostles. I read that except the apostles. These were these were you and I folks. These were usens. that a word? Yes. It is now. These were just folks like us who the Lord had filled with the Holy Ghost and they, uh, because of opposition, they began to uh, spread the word around. The then known world took it wherever because of the uh, persecution of uh, one called Saul, Saul of Tarsus. And so the the church spread. History records that uh, from July of 1940 uh, until June of 1941, uh, Hitler and the German army, the Nazis, were uh, intent. They they released a, a very vicious air campaign upon Great Britain they had already conquered much of the mainland Europe but now they're they're doing bombing raids in over Great Britain London and so forth uh, <clears throat> destroying factories destroying uh, trying to destroy their their uh, uh, economy aircrafts, morale of the people they were trying to destroy and uh, they uh, they often had nighttime air raids and the sirens would go off and and the Brits would head to the bunkers in the the basements of buildings because of these we don't understand anything about that we may have read about it and and seen it on film the pictures or whatever but (coughs) um, Hitler did not uh, dial in or figure in the resolve of the British people when their prime minister stood on June the 18th and declared these words. He stated before parliament, the whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be free and the life uh, of, of the world may move forward into broad, sunlit uplands. But if we fail, if we fail because of opposition, if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into an abyss of new dark age. Let us therefore brace ourselves uh, brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth last for a thousand years men will say this was their finest hour. (coughs) Opposition opposition standing Uh, in the face of opposition. What is opposition? I know I'm 10, 15, 20 minutes into our lesson here and finally coming to a definition of what opposition is. Uh, I looked it up, and it's a resistance expressed in action, argument, or thought. Resistance expressed in... Action, argument, or thought. <clears throat> the human instinct is to, for self-preservation. That's what we do. That's why we make doctor's appointments. Self-preservation. We like living. We like living. And <clears throat> it's not in us... Normally, if the building is on fire, to run into that into that building, unless we're trained and there's somebody in there that needs that kind of help. But our burden or our action often puts us in the way of opposition. First Corinthians uh, four at eight says, uh, "We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed." We are perplexed, but not in despair. Hallelujah! Uh, <clears throat> this is just one of the promises in the Word of God to His people. We can we can be troubled on every side. We can have opposition. We can have difficulties and problems and and all of all that goes with life. But we can be perplexed, but not in despair. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Nehemiah prayed and he trusted God for a plan. He had the burden. He had to have a plan to make his burden work. Now we're using Nehemiah today, but this is a this is a physical reference in the Old Testament, but ultimately we're talking about our walk with God. We're talking about uh your day to day living and what the Lord expects and and desires of you who have been filled with his spirit <clears throat> Nehemiah the cupbearer to the king uh he was he was distraught, but he could not by himself just slip away some weekend and head off to to Jerusalem unnoticed but he would be his his uh, absence would be detected so it just wasn't possible so Nehemiah prayed before the Lord and he trusted God and uh, <clears throat> the king gave him permission to go not only gave him permission but he gave him the necessary papers for his protection as he traveled and then the materials that Nehemiah would need to rebuild the wall. Now that's a pretty good plan. Not one stone has been put up yet. Not one batch of mortar has been mixed. But he's got a plan. He's got a plan. <clears throat> we face opposition. No,pe none of us are exempt from from the oppositions that we face. Uh, <clears throat> But when we fail, God is right there. He restores us. When we're less than effective in his kingdom, we are weak, then he strengthens us. When we're afraid, he gives us courage. Much of, much of what we're called upon to do in the kingdom of God, uh, <clears throat> the opposition is internal. It's not external. It's, it's fear of failure. It's fear of what somebody's going to say. Uh, <clears throat> the power of ridicule has a, has a uh, tremendous effect. It's a powerful weapon that discourages people from pursuing their burden and, and trying to do what they know is right in the, in the will of God for them. Ridicule and humiliation, mockery—they're just an enemy that literally lives in our neighborhood. (laughs) Just uh, sometimes it lives within our minds. Uh, Opposition can be, as we mentioned, is not just external but but internal. Ridicule, mockery. Uh, physical failure uh, can lead to our our being intimidated. Uh, <clears throat> we become self-conscious. We are self-conscious. That's why we. That's why you stood uh, before the mirror this morning and told yourself that you looked okay, and all your all your hairs were just okay, and both of them. And uh, everything was fine, and your glasses were straight, and you didn't have egg in the corner of your mouth, and you know that kind of that kind of, uh, <clears throat> kind of self consciousness. But when it comes to kingdom work, we can be overwhelmed with our self consciousness. Well, I can't do that, and and uh, I'm not. I don't know very much scripture, and I this and that, just. A feeling of inadequacy. The devil often, as a result of that, will tell you that you're a loser. You're not much good in the kingdom. Sandbalat, Tobiah, Geshem, Geshem the Arab, like we mentioned, they knew Israel's past and they hated them. They hated for their success. It did not want them to succeed. Amen. But the Lord had told God's people in Deuteronomy 11, said, "There shall be no man be able to be to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay uh, the fear of you and the dread of you upon uh, the land that ye shall uh, tread upon." This He had said unto you. This is the promise to God's people. Amen. So I had to stand on that. Our uh, uh, reference-focused scripture talked about setting a a watch, Nehemiah setting a watch. Um, And many of you don't remember watches that you had to set. They're all electronic now, but we used to have to wind them, right, Brother Fraser? We used to have to wind our watches. And uh, that's not the kind of watch that Nehemiah is talking, the word is talking about here. But it's talking about men being watchful, being watchful, uh, being alert as to what the enemy is doing. And um, we have to take measures in our own lives when we're under spiritual attack. Spiritual attack is, is not always, uh, <clears throat> it, it, it's not always a dark cloud hanging over us and, and we go through a week, week uh, or two of uh, physical difficulties and, and uh, pain and uh, mental distress that's not always what it's talking about but but it uh, <clears throat> it comes down to uh, an attack of what we just talked about the, the internal um, internal oppression you're not good enough you can't do it you, uh <clears throat> and so uh it's it's coming it happens but most important part of our our personal testimony and our walk with God is the demonstration of living for God in all circumstances whatever the circumstances you're going through difficulties somebody stepped on your toe somebody looked cross-eyed at your kids uh, you know just any number of things that can uh, be opposition to our spiritual well-being. <clears throat> it's our personal testimony. The demonstration of our our walk with God in, in every circumstance is an example for others to see. If somebody gets after your after your kids and they're they're not lined up right, and somebody says something to them, don't be mad at the somebody. Get after your kids. Amen. I know they're angels mostly without wings, but it's how we deal with circumstances that that the Lord, uh, our personal testimony, and, and what we do with it. I thought as I was preparing this lesson about a former pastor of ours, Brother James Lumpkin, Brother James G. Lumpkin, uh... (laughs) <laughs> After he pastored in Iowa, he pastored in Arkansas and actually went to headquarters. And But he, he told us uh, when we were just young teenagers, he told us of an ex- experience that he had when he was uh, in Bible school. And uh <clears throat> he worked for Bob Carter Ford, the biggest, uh, I believe, the biggest Ford dealership uh, in St Paul at that time, may still be i don 't know, but he worked for worked for them selling cars, strictly commissioned, and they were in a special service uh, one one sunday night and he said the <clears throat> they were taking up a special offering, whatever it was for, and he knew he had a ten dollar bill in his wallet i don 't know why. Uh, you know dealing with the fa- in the face of opposition always comes down to money but uh, he, all he had was a 10 dollar bill in his wallet and it was not uh, not payday not coming into payday and uh, <clears throat> he just knew that rent was coming due and there were bills and so forth but he had one 10 dollar bill and the lord prompted him said put that in the offering and he reminded the Lord that rent was coming and uh, you know all the, all the problems of life and the financial things of life and he reminded the Lord that's, that's the last $10 I've got and he reached in, took it out and the offering pan came by dropped it in <laughs> the next day at Bob Carter Ford, uh, he got there, went to work, and uh, the individual came in the front door, and he uh, talked with them. Within 30 minutes, he was writing up a, a sale for a brand-new Ford. And uh, within, uh, within an hour or so, he was writing up his second paperwork for another brand-new Ford. And before noon, he was writing up paperwork for a third brand-new Ford. Before the day was over, he had sold five brand-new, shiny Ford cars. The Lord took care of him. The, The opposition said, don't do this, don't do this. You've got bills to pay. Don't do this. But the prompting of the Lord, and that's, that's where we, what we come down to, is a prompting of the Lord in our, in our lives and living. <clears throat> um, they built the wall, tool in one hand and a, and a weapon in the other. They, they worked, they built uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, it, it was labor. It was labor, but it was the burden being fulfilled had the burden, had the plan, and now they're following through. And the follow-through is after after those three things come together is where there's victory. That's when you'll know victory. You don't have opposition when you just have a burden. You don't have opposition. You know, it's very light if you do. Or putting a plan together, there's not much opposition. But I'll tell you, old... Sanballat and Tobiah will, will come up and, and talk bad about you and, and uh, flash their weapons around when you start some action. When you start being active in the kingdom of God, you're going to face opposition. Amen. It's a whole hum just when there's a burden. It's a It's a yawner when it's just a burden or putting a plan together. But when you start acting on the things of God, <clears throat> when we were, uh, when the Lord moved upon us to start a whole mission to work in Nebraska, our, uh, you know, <clears throat> after, we, after we fully knew, and uh, I went to my dad, he lived just across the road, and down just a ways across the highway and down a ways from us and I went to visit with my dad and said dad we're going we're gonna to sell our place and we're going to go to Nebraska and we're going to uh, plant a church out there and I don't know what's going to happen but burden of my heart and uh, we, we had already started putting the plan together but then here comes a little bit, little bit of opposition. Uh, my dad who had raised me, who had kicked my behind from time to time, straightened me out, gave me some direction from time to time, uh, fed me, clothed me, all those things, looked at me and said, that's so stupid. That's so stupid. Why would you give up a good job at 3M and Bonnie give up a job at the hospital and, and sell your place just relatively new, just a few years old. And why would you do that? That's, that's stupid. That was opposition. That was opposition. Amen. <clears throat> and I didn't, hold, I didn't hold that against him. I knew where he, where he was coming from. I knew wh- how he was thinking. But in my heart, there was a burden. There was a burden. (laughs) Let me conclude with this that you can be assured in the following of the burden of your heart and the overcoming of opposition that there will be victory amen you want to live a victorious life, <clears throat> turn it over to the Lord, turn it over amen there's there's not you can't outgive God, you can't outdo God if if uh, <clears throat> you know first Thessalonians said he called you, he'll do it. he called you he'll take care of it. Nehemiah had victory when the walls were done and a little old twenty five pound fox. Could run back and forth and back and forth across there all day long. And not one one little pebble was going to fall off of that, that wall. Like Tobiah had said it would. <clears throat> the victory was there. The early church victory was there. Right. Hallelujah. Because they yielded to the Lord. They gave to the Lord. Brother Lumpkin. Gave to the Lord, yielded to uh, the will of God, the burden on his heart at the moment. And God gave him victory, just as the church today stands in Alliance, Nebraska, even though there were some that said, that's stupid, that's stupid. <clears throat> I know stupid's not a, u- a word we use around children anymore. Uh, <clears throat> but my, my dad had no, no qualms about using it. <clears throat> Probably from my past history. Amen. Let's stand together. In the face of opposition, the Lord's on the throne, folks. He's on the throne. Hallelujah. He prompts you to do something, to say something to someone, uh, to encourage them. Do it. Do it. Be an instrument. Be a tool in his hand. We we used to sing that old chorus, Lord. Make me an instrument. Make me an instrument.